Book six, chapter three of History of the Reformation in the Sixteenth Century, Volume Two, by Jean Henri Mel d'Aubigne, translated by Henry Beveridge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter three. But the substitution of a system of meritorious works for the idea of grace and amnesty was not the only evil existing in the church a domineering power had risen up among the humble pastors of christ's flock luther must attack this usurped authority a vague and distant rumour of ex intrigues and success at rome awakened a warlike spirit in the reformer who amid all his turmoil had calmly studied the origin progress and usurpations of the papacy his discoveries having filled him with surprise he no longer hesitated to communicate them and strike the blow which was destined like the rod of moses of old to awaken a whole nation out of a lethargy the result of long bondage even before rome had time to publish her formidable bull he published his declaration of war the time of silence exclaims he is past the time for speaking has arrived the mysteries of antichrist must at length be unveiled on the twenty fourth of june fifteen hundred and two he published his famous appeal to his imperial majesty and the christian nobility of germany on the reformation of christianity this work was the signal of the attack which was at once to complete the rupture and decide the victory it is not from presumption says he at the outset of this treatise that i who am only one of the people undertake to address your lordships the misery and oppression endured at this moment by all the states of christendom and more especially by germany wring from me a cry of distress i must call for aid i must see whether god will not give his spirit to some one of our countrymen and stretch out a hand to our unhappy nation god has given us a young and generous prince the emperor charles v and thus filled our hearts with high hopes but we too must on our own part do all we can now the first thing necessary is not to confide in our own great strength or our own high wisdom when any work otherwise good is begun in self-confidence god casts it down and destroys it frederick i frederick ii and many other emperors besides before whom the world trembled have been trampled upon by the popes because they trusted more to their own strength than to god they could not but fall in this war we have to combat the powers of hell and our mode of conducting it must be to expect nothing from the strength of human weapons to trust humbly in the lord and look still more to the distress of christendom than to the crimes of the wicked it may be that by a different procedure the work would begin under more favourable appearances but suddenly in the heat of the contest confusion would arise bad men would cause fearful disaster and the world would be deluged with blood the greater the power the greater the danger when things are not done in the fear of the lord after this exordium luther continues 
the romans to guard against every species of reformation have surrounded themselves with three walls when attacked by the temporal power they denied its jurisdiction over them and maintained the superiority of the spiritual power when tested by scripture they replied that none could interpret it but the pope when threatened with a council they again replied that none but the pope could convene it they have thus carried off from us the three rods destined to chastise them and abandoned themselves to all sorts of wickedness but now may god be our help and give us one of the trumpets which threw down the walls of jericho let us blow down the walls of paper and straw which the romans have built around them and lift up the rods which punish the wicked by bringing the wiles of the devil to the light of day luther next commences the attack and shakes to the foundation that papal monarchy which had for ages united the nations of the west into one body under the sceptre of the roman bishop there is no sacerdotal caste in christianity this truth of which the church was so early robbed he vigorously expounds in the following terms it has been said that the pope the bishops the priests and all those who people convents form the spiritual or ecclesiastical estate and that princes nobles citizens and peasants form the secular or lay estate this is a specious tale but let no man be alarmed all christians belong to the spiritual estate and the only difference between them is in the functions which they fulfil we have all but one baptism but one faith and these constitute the spiritual man unction tonsure ordination consecration given by the pope or by a bishop may make a hypocrite but can never make a spiritual man we are all consecrated priests by baptism as st peter says you are a royal priesthood although all do not actually perform the offices of kings and priests because no one can assume what is common to all without the common consent but if this consecration of god did not belong to us the unction of the pope could not make a single priest if ten brothers the sons of one king and possessing equal claims to his inheritance should choose one of their number to administer for them they would all be kings and yet only one of them would be the administrator of their common power so it is in the church were several pious laymen banished to a desert and were they from not having among them a priest consecrated by a bishop to agree in selecting one of their number whether married or not he would be as truly a priest as if all the bishops of the world had consecrated him in this way were augustine ambrose and cyprian elected hence it follows that laymen and priests princes and bishops or as we have said ecclesiastics and laics have nothing to distinguish them but their functions they have all the same condition but they have not all the same work to perform this being so why should not the magistrate correct the clergy the secular power was appointed by god for the punishment of the wicked and the protection of the good and must be left free to act through christendom without respect of persons be they pope bishops priests monks or nuns st paul says to all christians let every soul 
and consequently the pope also be subject to the higher powers for they bear not the sword in vain luther after throwing down the other two walls in the same way takes a review of all the abuses of rome with an eloquence of a truly popular description he exposes evils which had for ages been notorious never had a nobler remonstrance been heard the assembly which luther addresses is the church the power whose abuses he attacks is that papacy which had for ages been the oppressor of all nations and the reformation for which he calls aloud is destined to exercise its powerful influence on christendom all over the world and so long as man shall exist upon it he begins with the pope it is monstrous says he to see him who calls himself the vicar of jesus christ displaying a magnificence unequalled by that of any emperor is this the way in which he proves his resemblance to lowly jesus or humble peter he is it is said the lord of the world but christ whose vicar he boasts to be has said my kingdom is not of this world can the power of a vicegerent exceed that of his prince luther proceeds to depict the consequences of the papal domination do you know of what use the cardinals are i will tell you italy and germany have many convents foundations and benefices richly endowed how could their revenues be brought to rome cardinals were created then on them cloisters and prelacies were bestowed and at this hour italy is almost a desert the convents are destroyed the bishoprics devoured the towns in decay the inhabitants corrupted worship dying out and preaching abolished why because all the revenues of the churches go to rome never would the turk himself have so ruined italy luther next turns to his countrymen and now they that have thus sucked the blood of their own country they come into germany they begin gently but let us be on our guard germany will soon become like italy we have already some cardinals their thought is before the rustic germans comprehend our design they will have neither bishopric nor convent nor benefice nor penny nor farthing antichrist must possess the treasures of the earth thirty or forty cardinals will be elected in a single day to one will be given bamberg to another the duchy of Würzburg, and rich benefices will be annexed until the churches and cities are laid desolate and then the pope will say i am the vicar of christ and the pastor of his flocks let the germans be resigned luther's indignation rises how do we germans submit to such robbery and concussion on the part of the pope if france has successfully resisted why do we allow ourselves to be thus sported with and insulted ah if they deprived us of nothing but our goods but they ravage churches plunder the sheep of christ abolish the worship and suppress the word of god luther then exposes the devices of rome to obtain money and secure the revenues of germany 
anats palliums commendams administrations expected favours incorporations reservations etc all pass in review then he says let us endeavour to put a stop to this desolation and misery if we would march against the turks let us begin with the worst species of them if we hang pickpockets and behead robbers let us not allow roman avarice to escape avarice which is the greatest of all thieves and robbers and that too in the name of st peter and jesus christ who can endure it who can be silent is not all that the pope possesses stolen he neither purchased it nor inherited it from st peter nor acquired it by the sweat of his own brow where then did he get it luther proposes remedies for all these evils and energetically arouses the german nobility to put an end to roman depredation he next comes to the reform of the pope himself is it not ridiculous says he that the pope should pretend to be the lawful heir of the empire who gave it to him was it jesus christ when he said the kings of the earth exercise lordship over them but it shall not be so with you luke chapter twenty two verses twenty five and twenty six how can he govern an empire and at the same time preach pray study and take care of the poor jesus christ forbade his disciples to carry with them gold or clothes because the office of the ministry cannot be performed without freedom from every other care yet the pope would govern the empire and at the same time remain pope luther continues to strip the sovereign pontiff of his spoils let the pope renounce every species of title to the kingdom of naples and sicily he has no more right to it than i have his possession of bologna imola ravenna romagna marsh d'ancona etc is unjust and contrary to the commands of jesus christ no man says paul who goeth a warfare entangleth himself with the affairs of this life second timothy chapter two verse two and the pope who pretends to take the lead in the war of the gospel entangles himself more with the affairs of this life than any emperor or king he must be disencumbered of all this toil the emperor should put a bible and a prayer-book into the hands of the pope that the pope may leave kings to govern and devote himself to preaching and prayer luther is as averse to the pope's ecclesiastical power in germany as to his temporal power in italy the first thing necessary is to banish from all the countries of germany the legates of the pope and the pretended blessings which they sell us at the weight of gold and which are sheer imposture they take our money and why for legalizing ill-gotten gain for loosing oaths and teaching us to break faith to sin and go direct to hell hearest thou o pope not pope most holy but pope most sinful may god from his place in heaven cast down thy throne into the infernal abyss the christian tribune pursues his course after citing the pope to his bar he cites all the abuses in the train of the papacy and endeavours to sweep away from the church all the rubbish by which it is encumbered he begins with the monks and now i come to a lazy band which promises much but performs little 
be not angry dear sirs my intention is good what i have to say is a truth at once sweet and bitter that is that it is no longer necessary to build cloisters for mendicant monks good god we have only too many of them and would they were all suppressed to wander vagabond over the country never has done and never will do good the marriage of ecclesiastics comes next in course it is the first occasion on which luther speaks of it into what a state have the clergy fallen and how many priests are burdened with women and children and remorse while no one comes to their assistance let the pope and the bishops run their course and let those who will go to perdition all very well but i am resolved to unburden my conscience and open my mouth freely however pope bishops and others may be offended i say then that according to the institution of jesus christ and the apostles every town ought to have a pastor or bishop and that this pastor may have a wife as st paul writes to timothy let the bishop be the husband of one wife first timothy chapter three verse two and as is still practised in the greek church but the devil has persuaded the pope as st paul tells timothy first timothy chapter four verses one to three to forbid the clergy to marry and hence evils so numerous that it is impossible to give them in detail how are we to save the many pastors who are blameworthy only in this that they live with a female to whom they wish with all their heart to be lawfully united ah let them save their conscience let them take this woman in lawful wedlock and live decently with her not troubling themselves whether it pleases or displeases the pope the salvation of your soul is of greater moment than arbitrary and tyrannical laws laws not imposed by the lord in this way the reformation sought to restore purity of morals within the church the reformer continues let feast days be abolished and let sunday only be kept or if it is deemed proper to keep the great christian festivals let them be celebrated in the morning and let the remainder of the day be a working day as usual for by the ordinary mode of spending them in drinking and gaming and committing all sorts of sins or in mere idleness god is offended on festivals much more than on other days he afterwards attacks the dedications of churches which he describes as mere taverns and after them fasts and fraternities he desires not only to suppress abuses but also to put an end to schisms it is time says he to take the case of the bohemians into serious consideration that hatred and envy may cease and union be again established he proposes excellent methods of conciliation and adds in this way must heretics be refuted by scripture as the ancient fathers did and not subdued by fire on a contrary system executioners would be the most learned of all doctors oh would to god that each party among us would shake hands with each other in fraternal humility rather than harden ourselves in the idea of our power and right charity is more necessary than the roman papacy i have now done what was in my power 
if the pope or his people oppose it they will have to give an account the pope should be ready to renounce the popedom and all his wealth and all his honours if he could thereby save a single soul but he would see the universe go to destruction sooner than yield a hairbreadth of his usurped power i am clear of these things luther next comes to universities and schools i much fear the universities will become wide gates to hell if due care is not taken to explain the holy scriptures and engrave it on the hearts of the students my advice to every person is not to place his child where the scripture does not reign paramount every institution in which the studies carried on lead to a relaxed consideration of the word of god must prove corrupting a weighty sentiment which governments literary men and parents in all ages would do well to ponder towards the end of his address he returns to the empire and the emperor the popes says he unable to lead the ancient masters of the roman empire at will resolved on wresting their title and their empire from them and giving it to us germans this they accomplished and we have become the bondmen to the pope for the pope has possessed himself of rome and bound the emperor by oath never to reside in it and the consequence is that the emperor is the emperor of rome without having rome we have the name the pope has the country and its cities we have the title and the insignia of empire the pope its treasury power privileges and freedom the pope eats the fruit and we amuse ourselves with the husk in this way our simplicity has always been abused by the pride and tyranny of the romans but now may god who has given us such an empire be our aid let us act conformably to our name our title our insignia let us save our freedom and give the romans to know that through their hands it was committed to us by god they boast of having given us an empire very well let us take what belongs to us let the pope surrender rome and every part of the empire that he possesses let him put an end to his taxes and extortions let him restore our liberty our power our wealth our honour our soul and our body let the empire be all that an empire ought to be and let the sword of princes no longer be compelled to lower itself before the hypocritical pretensions of a pope in these words there is not only energy and eloquence but also sound argument never did orator so speak to the nobility of the empire and to the emperor himself far from being surprised that so many german states revolted from rome we should wonder that all germany did not proceed to the banks of the tiber and there resume that imperial power the insignia of which the popes had imprudently placed on the head of their chief luther thus concludes his intrepid address i presume however that i have struck too high a note proposed many things that will appear impossible and been somewhat too severe on the many errors which i have attacked but what can i do better that the world be offended with me than god the utmost which it can take from me is life i have often offered to make peace with my opponents but through their instrumentality god has always obliged me to speak out against them 
i have still a chant upon rome in reserve and if they have an itching ear i will sing it to them at full pitch rome do ye understand me it is probable that luther here refers to a treatise on the papacy which he was preparing for publication but which never was published rector burkhardt writing at this time to spengler says there is moreover a short tract de execranda venere romanorum but it is kept in reserve the title of the work seems to intimate something which would have given great offence and it is pleasing to think that luther had moderation not to publish it if my cause is just continues he it must be condemned on the earth and justified only by christ in heaven therefore let pope bishops priests monks doctors come forward display all their zeal and give full vent to their fury assuredly they are just the people who ought to persecute the truth as in all ages they have persecuted it where did this monk obtain this clear knowledge of public affairs which even the states of the empire often find it so difficult to unravel whence did this german derive this courage which enables him to hold up his head among his countrymen who had been enslaved for so many ages and deal such severe blows to the papacy by what mysterious energy is he animated does it not seem that he must have heard the words which god addressed to one of ancient times lo i have strengthened thy face against their faces i have made thy forehead like a diamond and harder than flint be not then afraid because of them this exhortation being addressed to the german nobility was soon in the hands of all for whom it was intended it spread over germany with inconceivable rapidity luther's friends trembled while staupitz and those who wished to follow gentle methods thought the blow too severe in our days replied luther whatever is treated calmly falls into oblivion and nobody cares for it at the same time he displayed extraordinary simplicity and humility he was unconscious of his own powers i know not writes he what to say of myself perhaps i am the precursor of philip melanchthon like elias i am preparing the way for him in spirit and in power that he may one day trouble israel and the house of ahab but there was no occasion to wait for any other than he who had appeared the house of ahab was already shaken the address to the german nobility was published on the twenty sixth of june fifteen hundred and twenty and in a short time four thousand copies were sold a number at that period unprecedented the astonishment was universal and the whole people were in commotion the vigour spirit perspicuity and noble boldness by which it was pervaded made it truly a work for the people who felt that one who spoke in such terms truly loved them the confused views which many wise men entertained were enlightened all became aware of the usurpations of rome at wittemberg no man had any doubt whatever that the pope was antichrist even the elector's court with all its timidity and circumspection did not disapprove of the reformer but only awaited the issue the nobility and the people did not even wait 
the nation was awakened and had the voice of luther adopted his cause and rallied around his standard nothing could have been more advantageous to the reformer than this publication in palaces in castles in the dwellings of the citizens and even in cottages all are now prepared and made proof as it were against the sentence of condemnation which is about to fall upon the profit of the people all germany is on fire and the bull come when it may will never extinguish the conflagration end of book 6 chapter 3